Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supported by thegeldedend.com. To browse and buy vintage lead shirts, play-assigned prints, and classic memorabilia, go to thegeldedend.com. The Square Ball. By the fans, for the fans, since 1989. To buy the magazine, read the blog, and to download the podcast, visit thesquareball.net. Ten games gone, and while we seem to be forced to give the takeover as long as it wants, football managers get no such grace. Owen Coyle has gone already, and it's time we took a good look at our own manager's performance so far. Come on, Colin, you've had ten games. Why aren't we promoted yet? Hello, welcome along to Podcast 54. Uh, I'm joined by the usual lot. It's Michael. Hello. It's Moscow White. Hello there. And it's Oddie. Hello. First of all, we need to issue a joint statement welcoming you to the Square Ball Podcast. Thank you. It's only joint statements that are worth anything nowadays. Also, no, worth nothing nowadays, but I guess we'll come on to that later. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, issue two of our magazine has gone on sale. Has it, has it gone off sale now? Pretty much. We have some copies left. A handful left for the important but, people. But yes. they will only be uh, available online. Because there are no more games. Well, there are lots of games, just not <laughs> games we're selling that one at. You can get that online. That's at the squareball.net. Subscriptions available on there too. And don't forget the digital subscription £10. Ten it's not pounds. a lot of money. Not so many of your means, maybe. <laughs> I might buy 100 digital subscriptions. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy them later. Part one, as always, of the Squareball podcast is white watching. So let's have a look and a recap of the matches that have taken place since we recorded last. The first one is Bristol City. We went down there and we won 3 2. I like that, Juve. What about you? I've always liked him. Yeah. There were tap ins. There, there was nothing special about these. Actually, I noticed that there were tap ins and I admire the fact that they were tap ins because I didn't expect that from Juve that he might prop up as like a, a fox in the box, Lineker style finisher and yet there he was playing like a striker instead of like a twat <laughs> i for one endorse him michael tong as well who we were skeptical about signing and i would just like to say i was the one who stuck up for tong who said in his early games he was looking pretty good lacking fitness pace obvious signs of talent but um i believe i i described him as uh successfully filling a shirt. Does this mean now that you've drawn a line through his name in your book of petty grievances? I don't have a book of petty grievances. You do, and you've been adding to it this evening. I've seen you do it. That's not a petty grievance. Um, I don't have a book long enough for my grievances against GFH Capital right now, but um, it's uh, it's Wednesday night, everybody. If you're wondering why we're so 
we have stepped wound. into the studio only moments after the joint statement from the club and GFH has been issued and feelings are running high, particularly with Moscow White. Happier days at, uh, at Bristol, though. Um, although these these three games were all kind of... We had the good Warnock at Forest and uh, Everton and this is kind of the standard Warnock where the games are pretty bad but you come away with a couple of wins and a draw. Which we can't complain about. Oh, I think we can. <laughs> and we will. We almost threw it away at Bristol. That was just rod keeping things interesting. Maintaining our record of not winning or losing by more than a goal. That's what we've done this year. Did Neil Kilkenny play in this one? He did. He didn't do much. I mean, Bristol were pretty bad. And 2-3, I don't think was quite... It should have been 3-1. It's just Austin just likes showing off. Um, he, did he, run away, he didn't run away pointing at himself after this one, did he? Like, it was me. It was me, like he did against Everton. Uh, and it was kind of a foreshadowing with his uh, his back header. I think he was showing Byram what to do in the next game against Bolton. Segwayed seamlessly. Oh. oh, that was beautiful. Well done. Yeah, Bolton away on Tuesday the 2nd. Uh, we came within a nats- knacker of, uh, of winning this one, didn't we, really? An ass's raw. Yeah, uh, 2-2. Although we were a bit all over the place early doors. We were a a bit all over the place throughout the game. I thought we first half hour, admittedly, they they completely battered us, and I thought we would almost certainly lose. But as is becoming normal for a, a youngster dragging us out of the mire, Byram came through. Has anyone actually seen his the penalty against him yet? Was it a penalty? I've yet to see a replay of it. The one that he won. The one that he won. He he perhaps went down easily, but it wasn't a dive. It was just like oh, it's all right then. It was, a, it was a tackle in the box, and he and he went down, and the referee was far enough away to give it. Brings me on to something else. How was your corporate experience? Well, it wasn't. It wasn't really a corporate experience. Because it was in Bolton. <laughs> because it was in Bolton, and I, my actual ticket was just in the Leeds end. It just meant I got to go out and get drunk for free beforehand. In Bolton. Uh, I was in Manchester actually drinking. Ah, uh, okay. Got the got a last. Uh, well, actually, I ended up in a bar near the ground called Scotts Bar before the game, and I, I had a thing called a uh, a mega ultimate stack burger or something, which was two quarter pounders, a chicken breast, bacon, cheese, and two onion rings in a bat. Which almost killed me. <laughs> the heart attack. The heart attack so in the bun. So that's the kind of corporate experience I was on. <laughs> Classy. And also in that bar, put it in your book of petty grievances. I don't have them. <laughs> you do. I'm not Jack you know, Charlton. You know, you've been drinking you've been drinking beer quite a bit and you think I can't have any more beer, so I thought I'll have a Magnus. It was clearly strongbow. Someone else in the group had a strongbow. Held side by side, they were the same colour, they tasted the same, but the woman in Scott's Bar, if I had a, pe- a book of grievances, her name would be in it, was was insistent there were different drinks, but they weren't. So Scott's Bar, hang your heads in shame. Is Scott's Bar in Bolton or in Manchester? It's in Bolton, right, okay. right, right by the ground. You've been so, rumbled. What was she trying to claim? I don't understand. It was, the, the, it was a different drink. She was just trying to say, no, that is Magnus. They would say, no, no, look at it. Look at just look at it. It is the same as the strong bow. It had clearly been poured from the same two litre bottle as the uh, as white. The you mean it was white lightning. Yeah. <clears throat> I like the fact that you had too much beer and couldn't have any more, but you you were prepared to have a cider. But it just is, it changes as good as a rest. Was it all free? Yes. Right, that oh, explains no, yes. a great deal as well. Yeah, but I did I did watch this game in considerable discomfort, having having eaten a stupid amount of meat. But yeah, I was in the I was in the Leeds I was in the Leeds end for the actual football. So. My, my corporate experience was not particularly glamorous. It sounds weird. I've not been on any of these corporate trips, but they would wine you, dine you with free food and drink, and then get to the ground and then just like release you into the wild. And like, go, you're on your own. <laughs> well, now. I was the one. I was the one meant to be whining and dining someone, but I just sent them off to the Bolton end. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're out to impress, 
probably a leads away and it's not the place no. to uh, to discuss important business. Returning to the football then, interesting to see Warnock taking the blame for letting Rudolph Austin mark uh, the barrel that is uh, Kevin Davis. It's sort of taking the blame, but it's mm. sort of saying, I, I'm sorry I ever trusted you, <laughs> which is not the same as taking the blame. <laughs> there was a lot of hidden content in that, because he basically said that he shouldn't have put Austin on Davis to mark him because he didn't know how good Davis was at set pieces. So I I underestimated Austin's ability to deal with set pieces, but at the same time, I kind of thought it was a dig at Davies who said, "I mean, this guy's been in Norway for five years, never bloody heard of you." And you and you're but look at him. He, he must have seen him on the pitch and thought that guy's going to be going to be good at set pieces. And surely Warnock must have, you know, I mean, it's all very well coming out and say, taking the blame and going, "Oh, oh, oh my bad, lads." But if it wasn't for his bad, we would. Had two more points. Well, John but, Parkin scored a hat trick against us, and Davis is better than Parkin, and he only scored twice. So we're moving in the right direction. <laughs> Can you buy a, a Parkinometer on the, uh, <laughs> on the market? <laughs> like a spirit level, but very, very heavy. Returning to Ellen Road then on Saturday, uh, we beat Barnsley. That was dreadful. What a bloody old talk game. Of going was. in the right direction. Yeah. Another hoodoo down. What, South Yorkshire? It's nobody's right direction. We should have lost. Realistically, we should have we should have been two down in about the first, I don't know, twenty minutes ish. There was a chance. Yeah. We, there was a chance after about five, which was very very easy. Um, and then Marlon Harewood shot very close to goal from the angle I was at anyway. For him, for a man of his head shape, <laughs> <laughs> he's a bizarre looking creature. His Harewood, when you see him, on, he's he's a, he's a different shape to everyone else on there. <laughs> his, his head and neck are sort of one perfectly rounded object. Reminds me of that um, viral tweet of the man with the head like a thumb. Yes, very much so. We couldn't really go much further without talking about Luciano Becchio. Cost less than Berbatov, scores more goals and ace penalty king. He's everything that's good about modern football. Who knew? I knew. I just didn't didn't know he was... I expected him to do this Penenka trick against Forrest. The first penalty that we saw him take, I was like, he's going to chip it. He's going to do some cheeky chip and he'll miss. And instead, confident blast into the corner. And then Bolton, I figured that would just be a confident blast into the corner. And it was. This time, I... Uh, didn't think he was going to score. I didn't think he was going to score. I thought this is the third one he's taken he's in quick pu- He's pushing his luck now. Yeah. Yep. And oh, but, oh my God, did he push his luck. <laughs> um, but what was beautiful about this is not many people picked up on it, but in the build-up to the penalty while Peltier was still being treated and Ben Anik, who... Uh, Earlier in the week, had been slagging leads off because he said his loan period here was pointless, which admittedly it was, but perhaps a little bit more polite. Say, so I found I got there and found I wasn't necessary. And so he was like, "Oh, I got there and it was pointless." A bit like you um, never had Alan Martin complaining, did you? <laughs> he was there for three years without purpose. I was just going to call Ben Anik a wanker, but I think we've already established that that is his role in life. Actually, video we? footage uh, to uh, wank near his mates. So he, he was chirping on to, uh, to Becchio about um, this penalty, alleged, the tackle allegedly having taken outside the box, which given that Darren Dedman gave a penalty, it probably was outside the box, I'm absolutely certain. But um, Luciano just looked at him, I don't know if he was absorbing what he was actually saying, and just looked at the ball in his hands with the ball. Bounced it off Ben Anik's forehead and then just caught it again. <laughs> and Ben Anik was just kind of standing there like, what was that? And Becchio just ruffled his hair and then walked away. And then he puts the ball down on the penalty stop and he p- 
Penenka's the fuck out of him and then runs off to the uh, corner going absolutely mental. Well, I stood in the uh, in the stand pissing myself laughing rather than celebrating. Anyone would think that Becchio has a streak of confidence running through him this season. <laughs> the thing is, he's not playing very well, but he's scoring loads of goals all of a sudden. I think, I mean, admittedly taking penalties does help on that front. Yeah, but even And being so. awarded penalties that are nowhere penalties like this one. I don't know, it was close. It, and it was he did, very close. It, it was close, but it wasn't in the box. He didn't even get a book in, and it was an assault. Yeah, it? if you're going to tackle somebody at chest height, then... Um... Right, I'd rather have a penalty than a book in, though. I don't think that's a trade referees often <laughs> give you, though, is it? Let's talk about Deadman. 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 Mm. Good, I like um, him. We we have spoken <laughs> about him uh, before on the podcast. I feel like there should be a sound effect accompanying his name, something like dun dun dun, mm. like that. Darren Thunder Lightning. Or uh, Moscow just thumbing the pages of his book to find yeah. out an earlier yeah. reference. Oh uh, yes, under D. <laughs> no, he's, he's Arthur good, referees. No, it's uh, cross-referenced. <laughs> <laughs> the index file is uh, updated in triplicate. No, he's all right now. If he's going to give us penalties, yeah. he was rubbish all round. I mean, it was. But we, we spoke. We spoke on the previous podcast about uh, you know the karmic imbalance, and we never get what's coming to us. Deadman will go out of his way to uh, correct this later in the season. Mark my words. I'll take it for now though, because it's nice to get the uh, the occasional. Well, we had benefit. to beat them at last. I mean, that was the main thing. Just we had to get three points against Barnsley with their uh, Jimmy Savile chance. It was great to hear the tedium. No doubt we'll have to put up with uh, fears. Never mind what those poor women went through. What about us having to listen to Barnsley Heights calling us? I loved them um, when they were singing that Leeds is a town full of pedos. I was sitting next to Oddie and he, uh, <laughs> with, with civic self-righteousness, went, Town? We're a bloody city! <laughs> Get it right, man. Get the details right, for God's yeah. sake. And at least we can look forward to this one being released on DVD in Barnsley. Oh, buy this one. Yeah, when, when Never D- watch it. When DVD actually arrives in Barnsley in 2017. <laughs> Good comedy. It's all about <laughs> timing. So right. to close out these three fixtures, all the B's, Bristol, Bolton and Barnsley. It's not all the B's, no Birmingham here. Well, all the B's the in other Bristol. Yeah. I know they're not in our division, but we didn't play them. All these B's anyway. Uh, this hive of B's. Um, Excellent. Thank you. Uh, two wins and a draw. Undefeated then in a fortnight. That's that's quite good, isn't it? It's bloody good. When did that last happen? Can't be that long ago. Not that bad. We, didn't, haven't we got exactly the same tally of points as we had at this stage last season or something? I seem to recall. Last three seasons, I think, was was it? <laughs> so, yeah. It must have happened relatively Early season recently, consistency. But we can come on to that later. Excellent. Let's move on to the news then. And another quiet fortnight in the life of Leeds United. It's part two now. Let's talk about the takeover. Well, goodness me, it's a sticky, horrible mess right now because in the last uh, hour or two at the time of recording, GFH and Leeds United have put out a joint statement that seemingly on the surface discredits the supporters' trust. Somebody unpick this unholiest of messes. Well, what happened is that at the weekend, the supporters' trust spoke to a representative of GFH, which is what they said in the statement, and... They then put out a statement saying that a representative of GFH Capital, as distinct from GFH, has said the following things about their potential takeover of Leeds United. And now on Wednesday, David Hay and Salem Patel and Sean Harvey and Leeds United have come back out and said um, nobody from GFH, well, no employee 
of TFH or has spoken to the trust, implying, I suppose, that the trust just sat down at the weekend and decided to make up a pack of lies. I, I mean, I just don't understand what they, they think people are supposed to think in response to this, as if after um, a whole summer of very carefully written and measured and thoughtful media bulletins that they'd just say, you know what, let's just make up a load of stuff and put it out there as if GFH said it and nobody will ever catch on that they didn't. It's ludicrous and I don't know what's going on. And we, when we wrote the prep sheet for this this morning, the, what I read this morning was the interview with David Hay from GFH Capital in The Telegraph, which had the quotes, Leeds has a fantastic existing management and administration. Well... <laughs> draw your own conclusion about that um, and with the right investment we can build a sustainable future in that it is about getting the focus back on the football and ensuring Premier League promotion with engaged happy fans I read that bit and I thought oh they really have got on board with uh, LUST's vision statement because Premier League promotion with engaged happy fans is pretty much word for word focus back on the football it's exactly what LUST wants so everybody's singing from the, the same him, she, and we'll move forward happily. And then, yeah, it gets to tea time. And actually, no, they've just decided to completely, well, attempt to discredit an organisation that represents 8,300 Leeds fans. For what reason? I can only speculate that it's because they've got Ken Bates's arm rammed up their ass, and they're terrified of the takeover not going through if they don't do what he wants. Just my personal take on, uh, on just how, how I feel things might be going. It's just an opinion, everyone. Yeah. It's I, an opinion. They, 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 they've wound me up. Are they in your book of petty grievances? I've just been out and bought a, bu- a book of <laughs> petty grievances and ripped out every page that doesn't have a G on it. Uh, let's talk about Pamela Anderson and Baywatch in general. Oh, there's a P in it as well. <laughs> By implication. Very interesting to hear our prospective chairman uh, talking about Pamela Anderson, or well, mind you, let's refer back to this. It's, it's a Sun article, so treat it with the you know relevant uh, degree of caution, pinch of salt, shall we say? The degree of misogyny that you would or would not expect, yeah, in yeah. advance when yeah. opening the paper. It's certainly a contrast to Ken, anyway, isn't it? No, it's the same, it's the same, really, <laughs> same, same line of thinking. What was the actual quote? He thinks uh, Leeds United is like Pamela a Anderson. young Pamela Anderson. Fantastic assets and a great future ahead of her or something like that. It was something along those lines. I mean, what great future was that even? I mean, she did have a great future ahead of her when she was a young actress on Baywatch, but what she been in lately? You could argue that everybody, when they're young, has got a great future in front of them at some point. That's a very spiritual point. <laughs> We're very deep here. You could, yeah, you like could also say, not long after Baywatch, everyone on watch her get fucked, which may well happen to us. <laughs> The important things to note from the Telegraph article, then let's let's dispense with the statement for now and go back to the Telegraph article. Uh, imagine, imagine a Tory lover speaking to the Telegraph. I just don't see it. It's funny, um, isn't it? Ken only speaks to the Mail. That's a proper paper. <laughs> Encouraging noises coming out of David Haig prior to this statement, anyway. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's an encouraging noise. It's about getting the focus back on the football, Premier League promotion. Engaged, happy fans, long-term investors, no two or three-year exit plan. Well, that sounds all right. I'm in. Everybody the, else, are you sounds in? sounds a good block. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. They talk a good game, and they have been talking a good game for the last few weeks, like the Twitter-friendly stuff. It's all very public. They're quite happy to portray themselves as, you know, happy-go-lucky 
um, Leeds United supporting businessmen who just, you know, they're just in it for the crack and, you know, a bit of success. But then there are also the other, there's like the interviews that, um, uh, was it Al Reyes, I think his name is, gave to CNBC or MSNBC in the Middle East about purely on the investment side, which was all about... Premier League TV money. Yeah, basically that was their concentration. And then money, it remains the um, the major f- red flag, um, red in the scum sense, um, against GFH. Where is their money coming from and where will any money they make at Leeds go? Um, they've now managed to uh, roll into that, slagging off fans groups in a, in a holy Ken Bates style. Um, well, they haven't slagged off so much as just said what they've said is not true. Um, it, there's, a, there's a distinction there. Well, yeah, okay, but uh, they've said so little that it isn't just, oh, we really love the club we'd, we'd, uh, and all these hints about, mm, hope I'll be moving home soon. They haven't made a joint statement with Leeds United FC before and for the first joint statement they actually make with the club to be highly critical yeah, and directly contradicting the supporters' trust we are involved to a degree in the supporters trust in that I helped them write their statement. So I saw the source of what they wrote the statement from, the conversation with a GFH representative from which we took the stuff that we put into the statement. Um, so I have absolutely no doubt that the statement is true and written in good faith and based on a conversation with somebody at GFH. But even if it hadn't been, what is the point of of what LUFC and GFH have put out tonight. It's not difficult to get hold of Gary Cooper. He's got a phone, he's got an email. You could just ring the guy and say, what's this? You could just send the same PR bot back to say that, whoa, where did all this come from? There's other ways of doing it. But then for the first joint statement to be, a um, friend of the podcast, Emo, of, uh, he doesn't have a website, but he works for TSB, said... Um, you're talking email from House and Is Now. Yeah, he, he, the confused listener. He tweeted perfectly, just saying that the only joint statement we're interested in from LUFC and GFH is one saying the takeover is done. They shouldn't be putting out joint statements criticising the supporters' trust before they've even bought the club. If they do take over, how's that going? That's going to be an awkward conversation if they let Gary over the threshold. <laughs> Hi, lads. No hard feelings. Well, look, I'm Ken sure, made us do it. I'm sure. Yeah, we know. I'm sure it's going to rumble on. Well, this exclusivity period apparently runs to the end of the year, doesn't it? So, uh, so I don't know if I'll Strap make yourselves it. in. The X Factor will be finishing by the time Leeds United finally get taken over. And another sacker in number one hits the top of the charts for Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Christmas. Bates is over. <laughs> That's John Lennon in your corner. <laughs> we'll make a note of that for the Christmas pod. We get a children's choir into uh... <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want it. Let's move on. Let's talk about uh, transfers like we used to do at the start of this part of the podcast before this takeover took over. Well, the window's got to open again soon. Indeed. Um, well, well, don't worry. The players we're after are not, are not restrained by windows. <laughs> uh, Ricardo Rocha. Rocha? Rocha, John Rocha. Yeah, Rocha. Yeah. Okay. Where's um, he come from? Well, you've guessed it. Portsmouth uh, has been training with the club. 33-year-old centre-back who played 76 times for Pompey. I love the slight hint, if you could interpret it as this, that's on the official site because they point out that he cost Tottenham £3.3 million when he was signed from Benfica in 2007, which is brilliant. It's like, that's right, so this more, guy... we're essentially signing someone from Benfica for £3.3 million. Absolutely, pounds. yeah. This guy, who is currently without a club, is good because he once cost another club a decent transfer fee five years ago. 
Yeah, it's a bit like signing Thomas Brolin in 2001 <laughs> and saying, look at this guy. I'm sure the intention of positive spin was not like that at all. I think what worries me about signing a player from Portsmouth now who hasn't got a club is I, I sort of imagine that at a point in the summer when Portsmouth realised it wasn't going to happen, they just opened up a gate and just let all the players run out and that we've been chasing after Ricardo Rocker in a, in a Land Rover with a... Son of shotgun? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what kind of shotgun you take on safari, but um, it'd be a, blund- a blunderbuss, wouldn't it? Yeah, we've been chasing him with a blunderbuss across the Serengeti until we finally caught him. So at least pace. He's got pace. <laughs> Uh, in other defensive news Zach Thompson has signed a new three year contract 19 years old that's good isn't it well yeah I suppose so but Warnock doesn't seem to like him anymore (laughs) it's slightly confusing unless unless he really thinks he's good therefore didn't want anyone to see him but rather than going through this rigmarole of right we'll release everyone then we'll bring a load of new people in well let's release everyone bring a load of new people in then we'll sign him up on a three year contract modest terms his hours and he's ours to let him prove himself. I think I think modest terms is, is the key. He's like a new signing. <laughs> he is. He's exactly very, very like a new signing, yes. Uh, speaking of other youngsters, 18-year-old Aussie, Patrick Antelmi, am I pronouncing this right? Tell you what. Has signed pro terms with the club. He's been on trial since the summer. Uh, he's signed a deal for one year, plus there's an option for a second year. Guess who his previous club is? Benfica. <laughs> <laughs> not Benfica, not Tottenham, but Portsmouth. Yeah, another one. He scored from the halfway line once on YouTube when he was 14. I'm expecting to see this every week in the first team in that case. The phrase Ramon Nunes springs to mind. It's your Felipe da Costa. Uh, well, no good luck to him. Uh, He's 18. You yeah. never know. He might be good. Moving on to other transfer news. Big noise is still about Ryan Hall from Southend, uh, who's a winger striker. He's fallen out with him, hasn't he? He was due to go to Blackpool. They were talking about Peterborough. He has a criminal record. Yes, he's had he's had flirtations with the criminal justice system, so I think I he'll, he'll, he'll fit right in. Yeah. Did he um, punch an NF thug? Is that the story? And then had his nose broken in return. I, I believe he was racially abused and he, he retaliated by hitting someone. Yeah, yeah I think so, uh, someone on the TSB forum said it was good that he stood up for himself, but um, it's not a good sign that he ended up losing. He gets a lot of goals. He gets a lot of assists at that level, League Two level. Um, are these the sort of players we should be looking to pick up, see if they can... Well, like you, you get a player from the division below, they'll step up, like Billy Painter did. 24 maybe a little bit older than you would have expected someone by that age maybe to already be good. But Blackpool were after him, and they seem to have a reasonable eye for, for talent. So It's like we've got absolutely no confidence in the recruiting abilities of our own football team, so we've got to use other people as the sort of the control experiment. Portsmouth must have had a great scout like two seasons ago. Yeah. <laughs> We're just picking up everything from that. Well, speaking of uh, wingers who are probably a little bit too old to fulfil their potential, George Boyd again, another name that keeps coming up. Uh, he's got the skills, but does he have a good hairdresser? Michael? Doesn't appear so. He's a bit skinny as well, a bit scrawny. Nothing wrong with being scrawny. He looks a bit scrawny for me. How old is he? My like 27. Is he? Yeah, there's, there's a fantastic, and then going back to discussions on the Square Ball Forum, that uh, somebody pointed out that he needs a haircut. Um, and then somebody else had said, well, actually, every team needs a sort of a Jippo Jesus figure, as they're uh, you know, known on the terraces. Are there concerns, do you think, over George Boyd's failure to grasp his chance at Forest when he went on loan there? Because they sent him back. They never made his transfer permanent. He's one of those players who, in my head, I still think of him as being quite good. But I think I think of him as being quite good from the time we were in League One and Peterborough got promoted. And he's had quite a few years since then. It's like and, Chris Taylor, who was old. And oh, we, we were always linked every him. year for yeah. ever. I was assumed he must be good, and is he at Millwall now or something? He finally left, and he's no good. If signing him will upset Darren Ferguson, though, 
is it worth it? I don't know. And Adrian Durham on Talksport. Yeah. Who likes to wind Leeds fans up. Well, they are bottom, aren't they? So I don't think we could really. They were, uh, I'm sure they'll go down this year. They're a dreadful side. Yeah. Right. And if we start stealing their, stealing their players as well. Crying shame. Crying shame. Buy him and not use him. Yeah. <laughs> like buzzards on the uh, Peterborough Corps. Uh, we got Southampton in the League Cup. Uh, it's happening on Tuesday, the 30th of October. Will it be a slightly early Halloween horror show? Or are we going to knock out another Premier League side? We're past all that now. Done it once. You know, we never do it more than once. In a Is season. it a bit passe now? The old League Cup. You're not bothered. We're getting into Europe, as I was saying. European well, football is on the horizon. <laughs> I'd <laughs> rather we got into Europe through the FA Cup, though. I think we well, should concentrate on that. Yeah, with, with our rich, rich, illustrious history in the competition. <laughs> yeah, because that's the Euro- Europa League as well. Yeah, about, you yeah. play about fifty games as well. Yeah, but you get interesting clubs from countries that you have to look up. It's exciting. Mm. Don't want to get, oh, we, we don't exciting. want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but um, I've it, already booked a flight to Belarus on the off chance. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's perfectly doable this game, isn't it? But it doesn't have quite the. You know, we, we were saying last time that Everton didn't quite have the glitz and glamour of some of our other pre- Premier League ties. Well, this, with no disrespect to Southampton, also feels like another step down in terms of the glamour side of things, doesn't it? This will be far, ability-wise. This will be far more like two Championship teams because yeah. their first team isn't that good, and and I would think they'll rest probably six or seven players for it. So I was going to say it's doable because they've got Tottenham on the Sunday. We're playing on the Saturday home to Birmingham without Ziggich and Southampton have got Tottenham on Sunday. So we've got an extra day, mm. the famous extra day. So it's possible. Yeah, Southampton are basically Norwich, but without our players. I think we've got a chance. In a way, it's more doable this season than perhaps last season because this season they're fighting for their life whereas last season obviously they were trying to go up yeah they'll be looking at our game as a game that you know they can get a win so they can get onto a winning streak um, when uh, no we'll just destroy them and they can carry on on their uh, being destroyed streak excellent what, what round are we in once we beat Southampton is it quarter quarter finals after that goodness excellent. me Come oh, the air's a bit thin up here isn't it <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, I was about to say when we were last in the quarterfinals of the cup but I know the answer Wolves? Was it Wolves game? No, of A Cup. Oh, of cup. JPT. 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 Good Back to the heady days. Two, uh, two leg semi final as well. Yeah. We'll get through it. It'll be just like it. <laughs> Carlisle's still in it. Sheffield Wednesday is a sellout. That's good news, isn't it? 5,000 tickets gone for a Friday night match, even though it's on the telly. I know it's only 30 odd miles away, but I think it's still quite good going. I think any Wendy's fans will be going. Uh, I think a few of them may go to this, yeah. A woman I work with is, was persuaded by a dad to buy a Sheffield Wednesday season ticket over summer. She's, she's about 30 and has never actually been to games until the end of last season. I think she went as a child, but hasn't been for years. At the end of last season, was really enjoying it. She's come back this year absolutely furious, wants to get her money back, claiming she doesn't <laughs> want to go anymore because they've lost a few games. Fickle, that's what it tells you. Fickle bunch. But no, they're not doing very well, are they? It will certainly be a spectacle on the telly anyway with 5,000 Leeds fans in uh, in good voice. I think that'll be the thing to take from that, probably. And, we, should, well, Derby factor aside, we should hopefully win, but we'll come on to that uh, at the back end of the podcast. Uh, also in the news, Ellen Road has been long-listed as a venue for the 2015 Rugby World Cup. Did you know? Do you care? <laughs> Such a long way away. Who knows? <laughs> 17 Stadia are on the long list. We might be one of them. Get our pitch ruined again. Well, we might get some money. Who knows? That aside, could we give a shit? <laughs> could Ken apply for a loan to uh, develop the ground with it? I will stick my neck on the line and say I think Ken will be history come 2015. At Leeds United or just history. And that's the end. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Part two, the Square Ball podcast, supported by thegeldedend.com. It's part three now, and in this bit, we're going to look at the season so far for Leeds United. Uh, we are 10 games in. Gents, what do you reckon so far then to our performance? 10 games in, I think, as is traditional, it's time to sack the manager. That's why we have to do this now. It's does he stay, stick or twist, keep or fire? Dispense with. That's what you do. You dispense uh, course, with managers, dispense don't you? Dispense with. Who just, uh, it's Owen Coyle's just been the bullet, hasn't he? been dispensed with, yeah. Mick McCarthy, the current favourite. To take over. Because oh, I worked with a Bolton fan. I was looking down the, the list of potential managers, some great names on Even Campo's on the list. I'd love to see him as a manager. That would be fantastic. With his hair in a suit, it just wouldn't look right. <laughs> Bolton lo- lying quite lowly in the league now, so it's no massive shock given that they've just been relegated that Coyle's bitten the bullet. But um, They do have quite a good-looking squad. Kevin Davies, he's not a handsome man. Hey. Well, we've, we've had five home games, five away games. Home form marginally better than the away form. We've played five at home, won three, drawn one, lost one. Scored nine, conceded seven. Ten points and seven of our other points have come from the away fixtures. Two victories, one draw, two defeats. I think we haven't got the, the breakdown here, but one of the interesting things that um, Faxman off Twitter has caught with is that we've basically got an identical record this season as we've had for the last two seasons, like within like a, to a couple of goals scored or conceded either way. But it's weird. It feels better. Is it that Warnock kind of, you know, coming out smiling after every defeat? It's going, oh, well, God, the lads, a lot of effort. Yeah, but... Hey, keep we'll keep smiling, we'll keep working. We've not had a five nil. That yeah, makes a big difference as well. I think seven. Did you three. hear? Did you hear his um, thing on Talksport the other night? I my yet, my no. sporting life with Danny Kelly. It's it's a really good program actually, and the bit that concerns Leeds is about a ten or eleven minute segment. It's it's on YouTube, and he does refer to a change in feeling about the club. I mean, everything's fundamentally the same. The, the playing budget's the same. He's just got his own players in, albeit on a very small budget. Not necessarily the ones he wanted. Yeah, uh, but all the personnel's the same, isn't it, behind the scenes? So what what does feel different? Because it does feel better, doesn't it? He, he is a, a far more charismatic man than Grayson was. As much as I actually quite like Grayson, he was a bit awkward in front of the camera. Mm. Shifty. 
Bit, yeah, couldn't, couldn't ever look you in the eye, could he? Or the camera in the lens. He was always looking looking down a bit, as if he was slightly ashamed. As if he'd been up to something. <laughs> it's weird, I don't know, because I like Grayson too, and it's weird whether you found that awkwardness in front of the camera endearing, and you find Warnock's comfort perhaps a little bit too trained, a little bit too insincere. I think, I think as, a, as or, a Yorkshireman, you're quite suspicious of it. Yeah. Or whether you just cross it the other way and just uh, you're glad to be rid of that shifty-looking bastard and this confident guy who can throw out what we want to hear is great. Lap it up. Don't you think, though, as a club, we've needed a bit of a, a hug, if you like. We've needed an arm round of saying, come on, it's all right, we can do this. Whereas Grayson, you always felt, was uh, very much playing second fiddle to, to the wants and needs of, of Ken Bates at the top. And uh, Grayson, it was no surprise when he got fired. We all knew it was coming from last summer, whereas Warnock's very much his own man. I think and possibly a leader. the differences as well in terms of Warnock's attitude, he's not as yet had to have several years of consistently having his players sold from under him. He's lost Snodgrass a little bit. That aside, he's not had that thing where Beckford's gone and Delft's gone. And slowly, his, his whole team that he would like is not there anymore. I think once that happens, once once Bates stays and we sell Byram and we sell Lees and we sell Pierce, I think then he'll start looking pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> Probably would, yeah. yeah. Part of Grayson's I think he's likely uh, more likely to go out and attack Bates in public than Grayson would. I think Grayson needed the job more than Warnock does. Which he, he's, he goes to great lengths to, to, yeah. to say, doesn't he, all the time. But I like him. I like him. I think he's good. Yeah. I think he's almost fallen in love with the club as well because he's, as a club, set of fans and and chairman that nobody likes. And he's always had that uh, problem with people liking him, being a loudmouth, motormouth Yorkshireman. We do now have away fans singing at our manager, which never used to happen. Mm, I don't care for that. That's... We're more important than any manager. Could argue takes the heat off. It concentrates the away fans' mind on someone because Warnock. It doesn't actually bother him. It's not yeah. like Darren Ferguson where he gets a he gets a bit of a, a wobbly lip on and in disgraceful behaviour. That's but, it. You're always going to get Warnock coming out and going, "Oh, I, lo- I love all that stuff, me. I love it when the opposing fans." Oh, that's about me. Why being hope- a slag? Tremendous, <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> you got to hand it to him. They got get some great lines out there hey, today. They don't even know about they do, eh? <laughs> It's interesting you say that because he did mention that in his interview on, on Talk Sport. Mick McCarthy came on actually and said that he does 99% of what he does to rile the opposition manager and obviously the fans it applies to as well. And it, and it is all to do with taking pressure off the players and focusing it on him and making him the hate figure. It's it's an interesting tactic. He must have quite a thick skin. I think he revels in it. Any abuse he gets his water for ducks back, I think. He's got that thing perhaps of being a manager he's a frustrated player and the way you can still play is to play the crowd and play the opposition and it's like it's his own his own game because I mean we've seen his tactics board so once he's told them to go out and be rash 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 and for Brownie to get in the ear of the referee his job's kind of done for the afternoon so he may as well just act Darling. Uh, yeah, I guess the underlying fear of the Warnock thing is that his, his approach is a little bit too simplistic and probably a little bit old school, which is why he's never made the step up into the Premier League. And, and I remember Jerry Barton tweeting after he'd been fired from QPR that... Don't uh, listen to that. Penis. No, no, but he, he, I know he's a penis, but he, he said something along the lines of finally we're getting some proper training or something, you know, proper tactics kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. working dead well at QPR, yeah. that. Mark, he's doing very well. How the hell? I'm, Spent millions and millions like, on players and they're still, the, still shit. What the hell is Julio Cesar doing in golf for Queen's Park Rangers? <laughs> I, he just, every time I look at him, I, he won't last more than another month. He'll he'll go somewhere else. He'll We've, just realise he's made a terrible mistake. Well, one of my journeys up and down the motorway, I was thinking about this the other day, about, about I was ruminating on an article for the mag that I might write at some point, and it's people I, I enjoy seeing fail 
and Hughes comes in this bracket, mm. and I also bracket him with Steve Bruce and Brian Robson, three managers who've never really achieved anything, but keep getting employed based on very little but name alone. I think once and Keane as well from the Fergie school of, of players as well. Oh yeah, he's good. Once upon a time, I might have included Warnock in that list just because um, watching him fail is kind of exciting. Coming out on match of the day, being even more annoyed than he was last week. He never had a decent tilt at the Premiership either. He, he got. Sheffield United relegated, but as a newly promoted team, you expect to come back down. Mm. And they shouldn't have actually been relegated either because West Ham played Carlos Tevez and then Trevor Brookin, presumably. (laughs) 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 And they just got a fine instead. But had they been (laughs) rightly deducted points for that, he would have kept the team in the Premiership. And I, I don't think, given the money they spent, I think... Probably QPR would have stayed up with him in charge. I'll put you on the spot there, Nat. Can you all tell me whether you like him or not? Do you approve of Warnock, Moscow White? I approve and uh, like. I like. Yeah? Yeah, agreed. He's The playing style is fairly difficult to watch sometimes. And th- I suppose that it's both a positive and a negative that we've not particularly dominated any game this year. That I've, we've, I've not come away from a game thinking we've absolutely played him off the park there, like occasionally did with... Like with Grayson when we beat Millwall, and there were occasionally games where we looked a level above, but that's not happened. We look very much at our level, and but and even when we play badly, though, we're not losing by much, and sometimes scraping results from it. It was always the question in previous seasons. We'd come out of a game sometimes, and we would have been absolutely fantastic, and you'd be looking at Grayson and saying, "Why doesn't he make them play like that every week?" Whereas now we're coming out of games going kind of, "That was close, but." at least we're getting the result. Are we more competitive? Would that be fair to say? Well, I was going to say it's maybe by sort of lowering the, ov- not lowering the overall expectation. I almost, I'll just say it. I think by lowering the overall standard of the squad so that they, I don't think the squad of players could reach the heights that so, that sometimes Grayson's teams did. But by sort of removing that element and just going for consistency, it, aiming at a different goal where you're not holding yourself to this standard that you can only yeah. peak to on very special occasions you can be good a lot of the time what you're saying is don't set the bar too high for yourself just try and achieve it instead of going for doing a three a three a three a three and then a ten yeah and then a three a three a three go for sevens sixes yeah. and sevens we were never going to get tens all the times and and it's just not possible whereas sevens all the time is possible and it will get you um well we'll see if it gets better results if we get us in the playoffs it's a better result highlights of the season so far then Everton at home. That was the best, most enjoyable game, I thought. A, a game where we did play very, very but well as well. That's actually one of the exceptions. We we did properly impress me that day. It wasn't one of... Most games, I've thought, we're scraping this a bit. I mean, it's against Everton, even. we were holding on a bit towards the end, but we were we were good value for it then. Whereas you look at the games against Barnsley and Forest that were a bit tighter. It was all about the result against Forest, actually, because they were a team that kind of expected to beat us and they didn't and we actually beat them and it was kind of coming away going, fucking yeah, we actually did them. We did a team. It's almost like a cup result in a way because coming after the after Hull, which was bloody awful but didn't, and didn't have the win that the Barnsley game had to then turn go around and then actually turn over a decent team felt good. And we have played a lot of games in a few weeks as well. Played twice a week for quite a while. I mean, against decent sides. If you look at the teams we've played, they are mainly in contention. Apart but from that, Peterborough. Apart from yeah. Peterborough. <laughs> but I mean, there are obviously exceptions to it, but if you, the Wolves, Blackpool, Blackburn, Cardiff, Hull, Forest are all teams you wouldn't be surprised to see finishing the playoffs mm. or in promo- automatic promotion places. Plus we've had some injuries and not had the depth in the squad to bring quality players in. Got Steve, 
been playing Michael Brown. <laughs> I think the the number of games we've had, I think in one sense, I think it has helped Warnock because he can just keep it ticking over. No big gaps, just keep improving. Obviously, the low light of the uh, of the season is you would have as the whole game so far. That um, and Cardiff as well. Cardiff was disappointing, but but all the expected, expected, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pleasant surprises then uh, from this season. Not necessarily the highlights, things that you didn't expect to happen that have happened. Byram, Byram's been, um, amazing. Byram has, yeah, so unexpected as well. Especially since nobody from academy level upwards has seen we ever seen him before. Did, he, um, did, he get, did we get him from Portsmouth? Yes, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, he snuck in from Portsmouth. I wouldn't describe Chief as a pleasant surprise, but he's certainly been a surprise. I didn't expect to be tolerating him to the extent that I am. Because there we, was a touch on Saturday as well. We were watching. And the ball pinged out to the right touch line. And mm. he just killed it with the side of his foot for someone to run onto. It was class. And even you, Moscow, had to acknowledge that that was... As a, man, as a man who loves Becchio as well, and it normally goes off his shin and bubbles yeah. away, you know, <laughs> then, then he runs after it and gets it back. And- Wasn't it uh, Juve's first touch for about 20 minutes, though? Just putting that. So no, I mean, I mean, well, we actually your book again. As, as a, just double check. He's just, as he's a, just circula- circling Juve's name now in his book. As a group, we did have on our pre-season predictions at what point Juve and Warnock would blow up and Juve would walk out. So I'm not taking the full rap for uh, for expecting this to have gone wrong, and it has not gone wrong. It has gone quite well, moderate, almost, moderately well. <laughs> it's gone yeah. very well. Come on, be fair. He's been. He's been. Him, Austin, and Byram have been our best players. Let's talk about Austin. Juve <laughs> <laughs> has been at a level you're expected to play a, of that experience and talent to be. Shall we say that? Yes. And, and about Juve, it hasn't gone wrong yet. Yeah, this is it. There's always uh, there's the, in the back of your mind. Yeah, my day al- might come. He's also yielded the uh, the fine chant of he drinks, he drives, he spits in people's eyes. Although, of course, we're not condoning in any way, shape, or form spitting in people's eyes. But drink, drink drive, driving, that's fine. It's fine. Rodolphe is, um, Warnock's been in, uh, he's been on the site today, worrying about the fact that he's got to go to, I think it's Antigua and then to Jamaica and then back. And he's worried about his fitness. Has he not seen Austin at all? Someone described him as the only player who came off at the Everton game who who wasn't wet. (laughs) The the rain had just bounced off him. (laughs) He has, I suppose he has looked a little bit leggy um, in the first half of a couple of recent games, but I kind of like the idea that he's sort of getting in the dressing room at halftime and just going, I need to get this together, and then going out in the second half and being absolutely amazing. I imagine he injures himself to get his blood pumping, <laughs> stab himself in the arm or something. Or he says some of the other players just in the, in the dressing room, just punch me in the stomach, go on, yeah. punch me, go on, get an adrenaline going. Come at me. <laughs> and he is brilliant. I mean, we hoped he would be. He's lived up to the YouTube hype. I've not heard him rap since he arrived, but he, he's uh, everything rapping, else. His YouTube rapping was actually quite poor. So, so he could easily live up to it. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's been everything everything we wanted and he's still, um, he's still on track for Player of the Year. Other good points from this season, as we've sort of touched upon throughout the podcast, we are grinding out narrow wins now, which is a good thing. And Becchio, banging form. Yeah. One of the reasons I have such a... Being my bonnet about Juve is I think all the adulation that Juve gets should be transferred to Becchio, who has been here for years playing awkwardly. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, 20 goals a season for three years is the stuff that deserves an entire 
North Stands applause. But Becky O's the only one, only one who's got a decent chant for him. That's true. We are a bit piss poor in chants of players. But we are we are now again in that situation of trying to find new heroes because we have such a turnover of players that yeah. we're looking for th- characteristics to pick out in people, which is why Juve's been singled out. Austin, yeah. you know, who's got the, the novelty of being exotic in Jamaican and very, very hard. I think with Juve, he has got that element of just we heard of him. Which is going back to why I think George Boyd would probably go... Got along quite well at Leeds yeah. because because the hair. People I was are... going to say because we'd heard of him, but if it's the hair that appeals, <laughs> it, well, of course it would be. <laughs> Let's not be dazzled by these glamour signings and just remember the likes of Becchio who got us here. Have you come up with a song for Tom Lee's yet, or are you just going to keep whispering to me about how much you love him, <laughs> Mister Odell? <laughs> we have put on the notes that uh, Odie has a permanent stiffy about Tom Lee's. I know we're sitting next to each other. I didn't know you'd notice that. <laughs> to be honest, I've seen a whole new side to. Uh, so I'm getting a whole new education about what it was like watching Jack Charlton coming through as a youngster. <laughs> it's not a man love. I'm appreciating his football skills. It's not like Michael adoring David Norris and his beautiful eyes. He has got very nice eyes. He has lovely, absolutely. I'm old enough to be Tom Lee's dad. Yeah, and it's not like you're going to go for his cheeky smile, is it? Not really. <laughs> Luke Varney. Is there any hope for Luke Varney? I don't, I'd already kind of forgotten about him. Yeah. Can I, I just apologise? Would, would that be top scorer Luke Varney? There, Roddy. Um, may I just apologise? To Luke Varney for the kiss of death I've put on his career. It came with such hope. He might well, he didn't really. He did might it, improve in a better side. It's a long it's a long way back for him. Once you've been cheered off the pitch <laughs> and not in a good way, it's very difficult to come back from that. People remember Gregan got loads of it took him ages and ages to get people on side, even though he was never actually that bad. And Green and Norris have taken the uh, the safer route of avoiding any terrorist jibes by just getting immediately injured. And Norris did look good when he came on against Barnsley, actually. I, yeah. thought, he, I thought he... He did actually, got stuck he, in. He is saved it? it a little bit for us. Yeah, Green. How he's, is he only, he's only played half an hour, hasn't he? Ish. This year, Steve Stone. So those two were in the plethora of signings we brought in uh, over the summer. We basically completely rehashed the defence. How do you think that's going so far? We're conceding a lot of goals, but I like them all. <laughs> we're, now, pa- we're now conceding a lot of goals, though, in games where we also score... A roughly similar number of goals, mm. which is fine. Well, we may as well just draw nil nil. I don't, don't want to see goals. Yeah. Paddy on, Kenny, George. Paddy Kenny's uh, definitely quality. Some of the saves he's done so far are applause worthy. Pierce a lot as well, which is new. I don't think Lonigan spoke to his defence very much. Yeah, Tom Lee's is probably. I've seen Tom Lee speaking as well. He started shouting at people. And Pierce, he's got this weird thing that we keep referring to just kicking people he did it against Barnsley as well where there's just a, a player going through just for no apparent reason he just kicks him in the air I think he mistimed that tackle completely Not I'll, tell you what, ball and I'll, t- I'll tell you what if it's good enough for Rudy Austin it's good enough for Jason Pierce. this is true maybe not on the edge of the box though yeah <laughs> what do you want it's excitement what more do you want on the goalkeepers as well we've signed a, a certainly adequate reserve goalkeeper this year as well which is something we we lacked last year. That, that, can, go, that can go on uh, Jamie Ashdown's headstone. You weren't <laughs> inadequate. I was going to say <laughs> better could, than Robka. It could be if we're looking for uh, some way of summing up Neil Warnock's influence on Leeds United, and it could well be his uh, his epitaph. Should he leave? I mean, maybe he won't get us promoted. Maybe he won't get us relegated. Maybe he won't sign players for, for millions if the takeover never goes through. But he signed an adequate reserve goalkeeper, and for that, Colin Wanker. We will always remember you. It's a bloody long gravestone. Fourth and final part of the podcast now. As always, we'll have a look forward to the things that are coming up. Uh, we've mentioned it already. Sheffield Wednesday away is the next game we've got after the international break. It's live on Sky. 
in front of 5,000 Leeds fans. They're not very good, but does all that go out the window with it being a Yorkshire derby? No, I think it still counts. I've never really hated Sheffield Wednesday. I think it's because when I was younger, I liked Chris Waddle. What about Carlton Palmer? He was a Leeds player by the time Sheffield Wednesday were <laughs> And obviously, obviously there's me. the Sergeant Wilco link as well. Yeah, um, plus all the others. I think, yeah, that might be part of it, cutting out pictures of Mel Sterling from old football annuals, even though he's wearing the wrong kit and sticking them in my scrapbook, kind of gave me a, a fondness for them. And also when they used to have that nice, God, I'm sounding like a bloody Wednesday, but they, they're um, sort of uh, 70s looking owl. I never had a problem with that owl. As owls go, not as good as a Leeds we, owl. We don't but it's dislike them as much as Sheffield United. Perhaps that's probably fair. They're so a I bunch think, of bitter I, bastards. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're the more dislikable half of Sheffield. I think my father-in-law's a Sheffield Wednesday fan. And how does that so, work out for you? I tend not to see him when they're beating us. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say you tend not to see him since I married his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Years of hate stored up. They're not very good, are they? In the last eight games, they've lost seven of them and drawn one. Yeah. Good. Happily, they've lost the last three at home as well, which gives oh, us... That, that'll have to change. Do you win? Yeah. Well, not against us. And they've... they've... <laughs> Don't say that. Say we're a lie. Nobody listens to me. At least they shouldn't. They've got... I'm a little bit worried when I looked at their squad to find this a Spanish striker who they've signed from Barcelona B and Spanish speaking strikers signing from the lower divisions in Spain sounds a little bit too much like they're trying to um, ape our own Luciano but um, I think we're going to be okay because he's got a Welsh name it's called Rodri you don't meet many Spanish people called Rodri Rodri Wallace (laughs) (laughs) is he Spanish? yeah he scored one goal so I don't know if we've got very much to fear from him their top scorer is a defender they are screwed. I think they're going down. Then Peterborough. Who did we say before the season? Did anybody have Wednesday to go down? I, I think I had Barnsley and Millwall to go okay. with. Uh, yeah, I think, go by, with I think by the time we got around to making those predictions, we were just getting into the territory of the ludicrous. So, um, <laughs> Was yeah. it all too sensible that Wednesday might go back? We might have said that we would enjoy them struggling. I'd like, I'd like them are. to stay in this league, just as long as they let us win. Because it's good. Yeah. it'd be really good to go there and win. Because yeah. we get loads of seats. It's local. It'd be a great place, a bit like, a bit like Barnsley. If you could just turn up there and, and turn them over quite easily. It'd be, Every it'd, time. Yeah, I'd enjoy that. But as it is, going there in massive numbers and losing, it's just not much fun, really. It's interesting that Sky elected to make this a Friday night super superstar <laughs> entertainment bonanza. Leeds v Sheffield Wednesday it does remind me of, maybe that's one of the reasons why I, I kind of like Wednesdays, because it always reminds me of 1992 when it was us and them against the scum. Just thinking back to that era when Sky first got their hands on football, do you remember when they launched Monday Night Football and they used to have the giant sumo wrestlers and they used to have the uh, the Sky cheerleaders? They've kind of refined the product a little bit more since then, haven't they? They dispensed with all that nonsense because you think about a Yorkshire derby, I'm, I dare say it'll be cold and probably wet in Sheffield on that Friday next to the River Don and I can't imagine the cheerleaders really fitting the scene to be honest about um keys and gray until recent scenes were still pushing them out there anyway don't care how how wet it is you try and dance five below zero send them out other highlights from their squad they've got one of rodolph's teammates haven't they in jermaine johnson yeah he always you hear his name at some new club every couple of seasons you always think not a bad winger but i'm starting to think that maybe he is a bad winger (laughs) i'm sure we were linked with him and they're not too distant actually i've i've heard his name mentioned in our circles it'll be interesting to see who gets back from uh, jamaica first because after rodolph's shenanigans last time where he basically made his own aeroplane out of tin cans and bits of string and flew it back to get back in time i can imagine jermaine johnson might just 
slumming it on some chartered aircraft, rolling Rudolph in later. Just, Rudolph will just fly. He'll spread his wings and fly back. They've got um, Chris England's Chris Kirkland in goal as well, so it'll be interesting to see at what point he gets injured. They've also got, um, He'll be injured before the game, won't they? Because he was always injured just for that big game. Yes. Always really stupid little injuries yeah. as well. It's always like a, a, finger. a strained tricep. Played against us at, um, he played for Donny last year, didn't he? When we beat them. Yes, he did. The omens are good. Was that the one that, that Lonergan ended up getting injured in? Oh, yes. So he actually took one for Kirkland with his broken little finger. Which, as we've, we've covered it before, was not that bad. <laughs> no, it didn't. And it set us all. It's the entire reason that we ever actually had to see Paul Hubger anywhere near the team. So we can blame Chris Kirkland for inflicting that injury on Andy Lonergan by being near him. And that is science in action. <laughs> on to the following Tuesday, 23rd. Extra day off from the weekend then, so we should hammer Charlton at Ellen Road. Another home Tuesday game. Well, the Hoodie's gone now, so we can just go out and beat them if we want. Is, is Andy Hughes still there in the squad somewhere? If he's still got his number. We could ring him now and ask him. Have <laughs> you got Andy Hughes' number? Um, it, it was a press man at Charlton's number, actually. Ring him. Get him to put Andy on the phone. <laughs> is Andy there? I don't think he lives with him. <laughs> it's eight o'clock at night. So Charlton, fairly inconsistent side then. We'd be hoping to turn these over. The, the sort of drawing one, losing one, winning one. Let's hope they've got, one that they lose. They've got a very young squad. I was looking through them at the end. There's not, they've got maybe three players who are over 30 and everybody else is like 20. So I'm hoping Rudolf Austin can just go and dish out some. He's got nothing to be scared of from kids. Uh, Rob Hulse is there, isn't he now? He's not a kid. He's not a kid, no. But no. do we have anything to fear from Hulse? Yes, that only that he's played for us before. Did so their website mention when they signed him that he once signed for Leeds United for a million pounds? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be interesting because Ricardo Fuller's there as well, and Fuller and Hulse is like Warnock's dream partnership from about 1990. Now, isn't it? Now. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we, he, he was after Fuller, I think, wasn't he? Most likely, yeah. Outbid by Charlton. <laughs> Says a oh, lot. Dear. Yeah. I like Chris Powell, though. Yeah, I he's do. One, he's one of the managers that I, every time I see him, I think he seems like a nice man. Yeah. It's which almost is rare. Almost too nice for football management. When you think there's people like Paul Jewell and Darren Ferguson in the world. And I liked it when he got his England caps. He seemed dead grateful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's a nice man. Yeah. Uh, moving on to someone who isn't. The Ken Bates Villain of the Fortnite Award for this fortnight. Uh, Ken, what are we nominating for this fortnight? Well, his, uh, he actually almost softened in his stance over the weekend. I imagine everything else he's got went soft some years ago. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, he was like, oh, um, well, he basically just said that the only holdups with the takeover was GFHC's lawyers. Um, and uh, there was just that kind of, you know, oh, you know what lawyers are like. Come on, lads, let's sort it out. Um, and then that lovely moment at the end, um, almost Lorimer-esque, quoting his, uh, we've done bugger all wrong, where he said, all I can say to the fans is, don't blame me. Like, well, no, we're blaming you, villain of the Fortnite contender. And we're also, I mean, GFH, obviously GFHC, sorry, for welshing on the conversation they had with the uh, Leeds United Sports Trust and trying to imply that it didn't happen when it did. So up yours. And if you <laughs> if you do want to take over our club, you're going to, the first things you're going to see is me standing with my arms folded, shaking my head. Holding your little <laughs> petty book of grievances. <laughs> Javing at it with a biro. Yep. <laughs> uh, who else do we want to nominate? <laughs> the, the name Jimmy Savile's written down here. Can we no, deal I... with this at a, an appropriate? Can we pitch this at an appropriate level? No, there's, there's no, no way to do it. <laughs> no. We can't do that. The, the reason it's written down there is, I mean, it's basically it's given 
away fans way too much ammunition. We were saying before that they Warnock draws some of it, but I don't think he's going to be able to take this particular flack, um, and nor should he have to. No, he, does, he doesn't want to bear the weight of this on his shoulders. Do you? I mean, a few years ago, Millwall fans had the uh, the Sutcliffe 13-0 banner. I wonder if they'll have a, a Savile... In fact, I've got... I've got can can I've they got, count that high? 120 lines of inquiry claim the sun. <laughs> No. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's move on from that. I think it, we're, yeah. we're straying into uh, unnecessary territory. There are obvious reasons why Didn't stop him. <laughs> there are obvious reasons why Jimmy Savile and villain can be used in the same sentence at the moment. I think. Mm. Indeed. Somebody wants to nominate the Leeds Rhinos. Is this correct? It's me again. Um, <laughs> another one in the book. Page <laughs> R. Well, the, for winning stuff and and in a way that made everybody uh, go mental for them, and um, which is but great. They won at Old Trafford. They won at Old Trafford, and they, they brought, get marching on together, played over the PA system, and they brought glory on the city. And uh, I'm not a particular fan of rugby league, but I actually watched it, and I thought it was a, a fantastic gritty team performance um, that frankly makes Leeds United look bad because I don't know when the last time was that uh, we did anything quite that good. And a man lost a testicle. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a man from Warrington. <laughs> yes, he did. Not fucking funny. <laughs> no, I mean, good God. Yeah, but you, can't have, you can't have read that. Apart, I felt quite sick reading it. If, it if, you if you haven't heard the story, by the way, it was that 20 minutes into the second half, wasn't it? He took a, he took a knee to the bollocks. Uh, and it ruptured his testicle wall, did this knee, but he played on in great pain. Um, and then at the end of the match, he had it look, looked at by the docks, whipped him off to the hospital and whipped one of his knackers off. Mm. And his attitude is, well, I've got another one. <laughs> I still have kids, it's not a problem. It is a problem, he just lost a bollock. <laughs> um, should we nominate his bollock for making us squirm? Yeah, but yeah, I was going to say, you, you couldn't have uh, heard that story without A, crossing your legs a little bit, and sort of laughing a bit because it's just so incredible. It would have been it'd have been a sad story if he'd seemed bothered. But yeah. I think he even tweeted afterwards um just got back from the hospital, can't help but feel I've left something I've left something behind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fair fair play. I don't think I would have been quite so jovial. No. No. Outstanding. Right, um who's gonna win this one then? So who have we nominated? We've got Ken Bates, Jimmy Savile, Leeds Rhinos and a Warrington Bollock. So we could we could give it to paedophile or we could give it to a successful rugby league team. Let's give it to the rugby league team, I say. They're the biggest villains of this fortnight. <laughs> Damn you, Leeds Rhinos. Uh, finally, issue two of the magazine uh, went on sale and off sale again if you want to grab yourself a copy of that. It's nearly all but sold out. Get one from the website at thesquareball.net. People who buy back issues are some of the best kind of people. Indeed they are. Of course, you can get your digital subscription. We never run out of those, the digital copies. Moscow's got loads of spares. Uh, They're just £10. Uh, We're off then, aren't we? We'll return very, very soon in another fortnight. Other side of the international window, yeah? Uh, Any other business you want to bring quickly before we head off? Put that book away. (laughs) I haven't got... A book he of has, petty he has. grievances. He has. There may be a book of grievances, <laughs> but none of them are petty. And it isn't here. You won't know about that, but you'll know that book when you see it. GFH Capital. Get a hold of us, podcast at thesquareball.net. Tweet at thesquareball. Grab us on Facebook as well. We will say goodbye. Here's hoping for better news in the next fortnight then, gente. Bye from me. Bye from Michael. Goodbye. Moscow White. Goodbye. And Oddie. Goodbye. Take care, we'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. The Square Ball Podcast, supported by thegeldedend.com. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.